Amen. Has the Lord been good to you this week? Exodus chapter 6, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me, I'm going to read three verses from Exodus chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 6, 7, and 8. Exodus chapter 6, verse number 6. Wherefore say ye unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. Verse 7, and I will take you to me for a people, and I will be your God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it you for an heritage. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Amen. I'm going to preach by the help of the Lord this morning and your help if you will. I'm not going to struggle too long this morning, but if you will help me preach today. I want to preach the title of an old song that was written by Henry Gilmer back in 1898. We don't sing it too often, but we used to sing it very often around here. It's an old hymn of the church. It was sang long before um, the modern-day apostolic revival, so it obviously came out of denominationalism and was brought into the modern church. And we have sang it for years, and I think it's appropriate for me to preach as I am preaching from this text in the book of Exodus, I want to preach from the words of this song. Some of you will recognize these words when I began to speak some of them. When you get what I'm, when you, when you know what, I, what my sermon title is this morning, I just want you to slip up your hand, all right? My heart, hands already up was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown. Keep those hands high. I'm just seeing when you're coming along with me this morning. And low in the pit where my sins dragged me down, I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay, and tenderly he brought me out to golden day. Well, he brought me out of the miry clay. Come on, sing with me. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. A song of praise. Hallelujah. Well, he placed me upon the strong rock by his side. My steps were established, in Him I'll abide. 
no danger of falling while here I remain but stand by his grace until the crown I gain oh he brought me out of the miry clay oh he set my feet on the rock to stay oh he put a song in my soul today a song of praise hallelujah well he gave me a song twas a new song of praise by day and by night its sweet notes i will raise my heart's overflowing i'm happy and free i'll praise my redeemer who has rescued me oh he oh he set my feet on the rock to say oh he put a song in my soul today a song of praise hallelujah well i'll sing of his wonderful mercy to me i'll praise him till all men his goodness shall see i'll sing of salvation at home and abroad till many shall hear the truth and trust in god oh he brought me out Oh, he set my feet on the rock to stay. Oh, he put a song in my soul today. A song of praise. Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell. That was five. There's five verses of this song. It is a shocker. The old songs had five, six, seven verses to them. When I give them five, they think it's over. Because the new songs say, Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, I'll tell of the pit with its gloom and despair. I'll praise the dear Father who answers my prayer. I'll sing my new song. The glad story of love then join in the chorus with the saints. Above all, he brought me out of the miry, miry clay. Oh, he set my feet on the rock to stay. Oh, he put a song in my soul today, a song. I'll praise hallelujah. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Why don't you high five two or three people around you and tell them he brought me out. God bless you this morning. You can be seated. Our text is full of some of the most powerful promises. I believe that God ever made to Israel. He said, I will bring you out from the burdens of Egypt. How many of you know that's typology? 
He was speaking literally to Israel, but he's speaking to the church that I will bring you out of the burdens that this world can place upon you. The second thing I see in our text is he says, I will rid you of their bondage. The third thing he says is, I will redeem you. How many redeemed folks do we have in the house this morning? The fourth thing I see in our text is he said, I will take you for, I will take, let let, let me say it exactly the way it is. I will take you to me for a people. Then he says, I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord. The sixth thing I see in this, six verses packed full of, of action here. The scripture says, I will bring you in unto the land. And the seventh thing I see in this text is it says, I will give you the land for a heritage. The journey of this text proves that the Lord brought us out with a plan for our future. Brother Isaac, would you do me a favor? Would you run to my office, grab my computer off my desk, and bring it to me? Technical difficulties this morning. Don't you love technology? Anybody want to buy an iPad for $5 this morning? How many of you know that the Lord brought you out with a plan for your future? He didn't bring you out just to let you ramble around in a world of darkness and despair. But the Lord brought you out from a world of bondage because He had a plan for your future. I want to talk to some people this morning that have been wandering around in your wilderness wondering if God even knows where you are. I wonder how many this morning can testify that there's been some days in your life you wonder if God even knew where you were. How many of you know every day, you get up every day and you just know that everything's just perfect in your life? Everything's going good. There's nothing going wrong in your life. Everything is working perfect. There's no problems in your life. Thank you, sir. I will preach shorter now. (laughs) There's no problems in your life. There's no struggles in your life. Everything's just going perfectly fine. You're in here too, right? I want to tell you why perhaps that some of you may be wondering where you are and why you are where you are. Some folks in the house today may be be wondering, does God really, really care where I am? I want to I I point five very key points out in this text this morning. That God said, I will bring you out from under 
your burdens. This isn't me promising, this is God promising. He said, my plan for you is to bring you out from under your burdens. You're under a burden of despair this morning, the Lord will bring you out. You're carrying a burden, a load in your mind this morning, the Lord said, I want to rid you of that. You carrying the burdens of sin this morning, the Lord will rid you of that. The second thing he says is, I will rid you of the bond of their bondage. Let me talk to you a little bit about that. That word bondage could be properly translated into a modern day word that we may use called entanglements. Some of us get so entangled into the cares of this world. We are, we are, we think everything's fine because, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm free, I have money in the bank, I have good health, things seem to be going pretty good. I'm going to tell you this morning, there's a lot of people that believe that you are saved, sanctified, and set free, but you are, you are caught in the entanglements of this world. But the Lord said this, I will redeem you. Everybody say redeem you. The word redeem means that he will purchase you or he will buy you back. The price, ladies and gentlemen, has already been paid. He said, I will redeem you four times. In three verses, God reminds Israel, I am your God. Now why in three verses does God over and again have to declare that I am your God if they weren't struggling believing that God was on their side? Four times the Lord has to say over and again, I am on your side. I am your God. I am your God. I am your God. Over and over again, evidently they were having trouble remembering that God was on their side, that God was fighting for them, that God was working everything for their good. Can I remind somebody today that he started a work in you and he is able to finish the work that he started in your life? The Lord didn't just bring you out for you now to wander around in the world of chaos and sin. There's one little problem I have with the song that we sang this morning. And that is that the scripture said he brought me out. He did. But then he said he put me on a rock to stay. The problem is, is a lot of people have a mentality that when God saves you and brings you out of a world of sin and despair and you're saved, received the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name on your way to heaven, that He brought you out to place you in a position that you were to become stagnant and stay where you are. The Lord did not bring you out for you to remain in a consistent, solid, unmovable position. As a matter of fact, there's no place in the life of a child of God for us to ever get stagnant. We ought to always be growing in God. 
We ought to always be growing in knowledge, always growing in the grace of God, always growing in the will of God, always following after what God has for our future. Evidently, Israel was having trouble remembering that God was on their side, that God is fighting for you, that God is working for their favor. Israel now is replete with the story of Israel, is replete with with victories of how God had performed for them. But in the middle of every victory, we always find times and periods of defeat when the enemy rose up against them. And some of those were allowed by God because of sin in Israel's life. But the Lord promises them, I will be your God. And then he says, I will take you to me for a people. In other words, if I, if I read this text and relate it to the New Testament church, I see the scriptures teaching here that God has engaged himself to the church. He has literally engaged himself. The engagement to the church happened on the cross. And so he is now engaged to the church he has promised. At the point of the ascension, he is leaving. The Jewish custom was that at the point of engagement, the man would leave for a period of about one year. During that time, he would build a home and he would prepare for to come back. And then the wedding would take place. The Lord ascended up on high. He said, I go to... Prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and I will receive you unto myself. It's a perfect story of an engagement. The Lord has engaged himself to the church. He left us a promise that I will go away, but I will come again and receive you unto myself. The bridegroom has engaged himself to the church, not to leave you at the altar, but he desires to bring you into his house. God didn't deliver you, ladies and gentlemen, for the sake of deliverance, but he wants to have you for himself. His very purpose for the cross, his very purpose for the redemptive work of Calvary was because God wanted a relationship with man. Sin entered in the garden and caused a great divide between God and man. The cross bridged the gap of that great divide between God and man. And once again, man can have relationship with the Lord. He says, I'll go and prepare a place for you after the resurrection. He said, but when I come again, I'm going to take you and receive you unto myself. There you will be with me for eternity. What we've got to understand Stand here is the plan of God is for us to spend eternity with Him. Hell was never intended for mankind. 
But he wanted people that wanted to serve him, wanted to live for him, wanted to do his will. He wanted somebody that would make up in their mind, no matter what somebody else is going to do, I want to serve him. So he allowed the will of man to come in play. And he allowed the opportunity for the temptation of sin to come into every life. Because those who are going to go spend eternity with him are going to be those that want to spend eternity with him. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be engaged with anybody that doesn't want to be with me. I'm, I don't want to be married to anybody that doesn't want to be with me. I don't want to seek after a friendship with somebody that doesn't want to be with me. I don't even, I'm going to go even further. I don't want to pastor a church that doesn't want me to be with them. I've seen people get all upset. I don't understand. I don't want to be with anybody or around anybody that doesn't want to be, that doesn't reciprocate the same feeling I have. I want to be with you. You want to be with me. Therefore, we can be together. The Lord came with the same mentality. And he said, if you want to make heaven your home, you can make heaven your home. I will be your God and I will receive you unto myself. That's why I come this morning to remind you that if the Lord started a work in your life and the enemy's attacking and the devil is fighting and life is getting in the way, I want to remind you this morning that the work that God started in your life, He is able to finish in your life. He is not going to leave you at the altar. He is not going to leave you alone. He will return. and There will be a day that it's going to be worth it all. God has engaged himself to the church. The bridegroom has engaged himself to the church, not to walk away from us. God didn't deliver deliver us for the sake of deliverance, but he wants us for himself. Therefore, he bought us with a price. Somebody say, I'm bought with a price. He bought you with a price. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man would lay down his life. Does anyone remember where you were when he brought you out? Do you remember the pit from which you were digged? Come on, somebody remember this morning? I remember I was struggling with depression. I was wrestling with suicide, but the Lord brought me out. Do you remember where you were when the Lord brought you out? I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. But the master came on the scene and he brought me out. Come on, where were you when God found you? Where were you when he brought you out? How many of you have been brought out this morning? Do you remember how sin had a grip on you? How you were entangled in sin? The Lord said, I'm going to break the yoke of entanglement. 
I'm going to break the yoke. It can't hold you. You no longer have to be a servant to sin. I will break the things that you've gotten entangled with. If you want to be with me, there's nothing that is going to prevent it and going to stop it. I'll wade through hell. I'll take the keys to hell if I have to, but I'm going to make a way. He said, I will break every yoke. I will break the entanglement of sin. I will pay the price. I will do it. You don't have to do it. I will do it for you because I want to receive you unto myself. Oh, if you got an understanding of what I'm preaching about this morning, it ought to make your heart swell with pride to know that you that God is in love with a people. He is so in love with us that He not only just gave His life, but He waited through hell. Where were you when He found you? Do you remember where you were when He found you? He didn't rescue you to leave you. He didn't engage himself to leave you for another. That's not how God works. He is always faithful. That's why he turns around. Here's how God thinks. How many of you love the Lord this morning? Let me see your hands. You love the Lord? Here's what he said. If you love me, Keep my commandments. If you love me, be faithful to me. Because I'm going to be faithful to you. Has the Lord ever let anybody down? Has the Lord ever disappointed you? Has the Lord ever walked away from you? He's not going to start it now. We were purchased with a price. We owed a debt we could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe because he was so in love with us. He wanted to receive us unto himself. Somebody shout, he brought me out. None is as clear as the testimony of Israel. For God's people declared, it was God that brought us out. When the death angel passed over, it was God that saved them by blood. At the Red Sea crossing, it was God that saved them through the water. When they would have died in the wilderness, it was God that provided water from a rock. When they were hungry, there was fresh manna every morning. When they lost their direction, come on somebody. When they lost their direction, God sent a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. He said, in every way I will make way of escape. I'm never going to leave you without a route out. I'm never going to leave you with an opportunity to cast judgment toward my provision for you because I want to spend eternity with you. I love you so much, I'll make a way for you in every situation. When you think the world is against you, God's still for you. When you think your family turns against you, God's still for you. When your back is against the wall, God is still fighting for you. God God hadn't brought them that far through the wilderness with a plan for them to keep wandering in the wilderness. Forty years of wilderness wandering. They were no doubt wondering, are we going to die in the wilderness? And 
and they did. He said, until I get the people that have a vision to go into the promised land, I'm going to let you wander in the wilderness. That's why I often preach to the complainers and tell you, you're probably going to see exactly what you're, what you're expecting. The Lord left Israel wandering in the wilderness until every doubt-filled person died. Until every complainer died. Until every gossiper died. And there was a whole new generation that rose up. I don't know about you, but I want to I enter the promise. I want to walk in what God has for me. God didn't bring Israel that far to leave them in the wilderness. But he brought them out of bondage and through the wilderness with a plan to bring them in to the promised land. He's brought you out, ladies and gentlemen, of a world of sin and despair. He brought us out with a plan. No matter what life's throwing at you, I'm going to tell you today, he's going to see you through it. Because in the wilderness, he never, go to the text, find it in the scripture, where there was ever a plan for them to remain in the wilderness. It was only a short journey that should have lasted only a few short days. But their unbelief kept them wandering in the wilderness. But there was a plan all along for God to bring them out. I come this morning to remind you of something. That no matter how difficult your struggle is, no matter how bad things are with you, God has brought you out with a plan to take you through with intention to take you in. James said it like this. He says, life is a few days and full of trouble. I found that to be true. But I want to remind you, God hadn't forgot about you and your trouble. He brought me out and by God's grace, He will bring me in. Here's how I feel this morning. I feel like that maybe somebody is standing on the edge of your promise and you're looking over at your promised land and you've just got one more river to cross. And you've got one more mountain you've got to climb. But hold on because God is going to see you through to your promise. I'm quickly closing. The Lord said, I will give you the land for an inheritance. What you're going to gain through your faithfulness is much greater than anything you're going to gain here. This life is just a few days and full of trouble. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I want to tell some folks, you have gotten entangled with this world. My amen corner must be missing this morning. We've gotten too entangled with the world. We've gotten our eyes on the things of this world. We're building bank accounts and we're building homes and we're building, we're building funds and we're, we're, we're building reputations and, and, and we're building all these things that are, we're not going to be able to take with us. 
That's why he said, lay not up for yourself treasures. For the malls and the rust and the thieves are all going to come in and take it and kill it and destroy it and take it away from you. Because you're, you're not going to take those things with you. Your money's going to perish. Your car's going to perish. Your home is going to, is going to rot. You're not going to take it with you. Only eternity, things of eternity, you're going to be able to take with you. That's why I want to invest in the things of the Lord. That's why I want to point my family toward the things of God. Happiness here is but for a short season. That's why Moses said I would rather suffer with the people of God for a season. I would rather suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Because this is only a season. This is only temporary. Though now for a season we may be in heaviness. Though now for a time we may walk through the fire. Though now for a short time. But he says, I've got a promise. I've got an inheritance for you on the other side. If you remain faithful to me here, there is another side. that That's what it's really all about. Don't get caught up with the entanglements here. I'm going to deliver you from that. I came to set you free from that. I came to break the yoke of that. I came to prepare you for a place. I came to, that you would prepare. I'm preparing a place for you and you need to prepare for a place. Oh, come on, we've come too far to turn back. Stand with me this morning. The enemy would like for somebody to give up with heaven in view. I don't know about you this morning, I'm not giving up. Because soon, and very soon, Pastor, when's the Lord going to come? I don't know. He may come in my lifetime and he may not. But this much I know. I want to be faithful to him until the end. When is the end? I don't know, but I'm going to be faithful to him. Because if I'm faithful to him, I guarantee you he's going to be faithful to me. Child of God, you have come too far to turn back. I just need to remember a little bit this morning where he brought me from. I need to remember a little bit this morning where I was when he reached down and found me. God's not going to leave me wandering in the despair of this world. <laughs> he brought me out of the miry clay, set my feet on a rock to stay, put a song in my heart today. It's a song of praise. Oh, but I'm going through the midnight hour. That's right. But he is going to be faithful. I'll tell of the pit with its gloom and despair. I'll praise the dear Father who answered my prayer. I'll sing my new song, The Glad Story of Love, because one of these days... <laughs> I'll join in the chorus with the saints above. Your heaviness may be real today, but I'm going to tell you, so is heaven. So is your promise. So is your hope of glory. It's just a season. God's going to bring you out of it.
He's going to bring you out of it. Somebody throw your hands in the air right now. Why don't you begin to magnify the Lord and commit to Him right where you are and tell Him, God, I'm going to be faithful to you in the struggle, in the fire, in the pain. I'm going to remain faithful. Come on, commit it to the Lord right now. Oh, he brought me out of the miry clay. Oh, he set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. A song Come on, saints of God. He brought me out. my feet 